we find that in 2 Chronicles chapter 33. So, uh, I don't know if you really have studied the Bible and studied the, the, the kings like we're in the Sunday school. We're studying the kings. We haven't gotten no, nowhere near to this, but uh, uh, this is King Manassas. He's the son of uh, uh, Hezekiah. And uh, he, he started his uh, reign at a young age. Let's read, read uh, verse 33, chapter 33. Let's look at verse 1. It said, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. But here it, it sums it all up in the second verse. But, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Like unto the abominations of the heathens whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built uh, again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down and reared up altars for Balaam and made groves and worshiped all the host of heavens and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord wherever the Lord had said, Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heavens in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Heman. Also he observed times and used enchantments and witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirits, with wizards. He brought such evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carving, a carving image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God said to David and said to Solomon his son, In this house is in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, may, will I put my name forever. Neither will I, I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your father, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinance by the hands of Moses. So Manasseh made Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem to err, and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and said to his people, But thou would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought upon the captains of the host of kings of Syria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him in feathers, and carried him into Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God, and humbled himself greatly before God his father, and prayed unto him that he entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Let's thank you for the night, for the word. Help us to understand. Help us to receive what you would have us in need of, Father. We'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Like I said, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 55 years. And I want you to notice as we're looking at this king, the first thing that we see about him, we see his rebellion. Much of many of the kings uh, in, uh, that were before him, the Bible said that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh developed a very rebellious nature in his young heart to go against the Lord. What was in the, uh, the heart eventually came out. You know, can I say this? Whatever's in your heart it will eventually come out and everybody will know what's in your heart. Amen. You, you can only hide it for just so long. Eventually, what's in your heart will come out. He, he had a rebellious heart. I, I want you to see his reproach. 
the testimony that he leaves behind. The Bible says that he, he built uh, again in high places that his father had broken down. He reared up altars he, to Balaam. He made groves and he worshipped in the host of heavens. He, he made the children to pass through the fire. And the Bible said that about Manasseh in 2 Kings, if you read over there, the part of it, he, he seduced them to do error. That means he, he led them to do that. He, he caused them to do that. He brought them in to do the things. He put the abomination before the people. And he caused them to worship them and rebelled against God. Looking at Manasseh, we see his name means forgetful. What a wonderful name to have. It, it seems that this young man starts a rule. He's trying to forget the witness that his father had laid before him. He's forgotten, trying to forget what the, the prophet was laying before him. Hezekiah was his father, and Hezekiah had some failures himself. But we could say he was not an evil man. Hezekiah uh, uh, would often seek God and Isaiah through the, uh, to speak to God. But we know that Manasseh would only seek those that brought in familiar spirits, the witchcraft. He only had the ones in his life that influenced them. Yeah, I, I got to thinking about him being such a young age, sitting on a throne. He, had, he probably had a lot of people whispering in his ear. Now, that, that, yeah, that at that age, there's probably some that people around him uh, 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 trying to lead him and guide him in the way he needed to go. But he probably had some wrong influence in his life. Uh, there are a lot of young people today has got a lot of wrong influence in their life. Uh, they got people that over here tell them to do that. Uh, people over here tell them to do that. Uh, and, and they pull them in which way you can go. You better be careful who, who you allow to whisper in your ear. Better be careful who you allow to drag you around. We see his retribution in verse 11, wherefore the Lord brought upon him the captains of the host of the king of Syria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him with feathers, and carried him into Babylon. God has said, done what he said he would do. If they rebelled against the word of God, if they disobeyed the word of God, Something happened to Manasseh. Something happened. But while in captivity, get, get this, this is what I was thinking about when I was driving back. Every one of us knows what it's like to be in sin. If you don't, you better get up here because you just sinned. Because we all sinners saved by grace. Every one of us knows what it's like to be in sin. We all know what it uh, feels like to be bound down with something in our lives. And I thought about it when I, when I realized where I was and where I was going and where I was heading. I was bound. I was in captivity. I had no hope. I had no help. And, and I needed something. And like Manasseh, he was in a dark place. Uh, he was in a place of uh, 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 unfamiliarity. He was uh, in captivity. And he got to the point he got where he got broken down. And when he got broken down, that's when he started to call on God. I have found my time many times on my knees calling to God, asking God for help. Needing God to direct me. Needing God to help me out of the, the mess that I've gotten myself into. You know, I find that most of the messes I get into, it's not my wife's fault like I like to say it is. 
It's my fault. I get myself in the messes I get into. God has never put me in a mess and said, hey, get out of it. But I've put myself in a lot of messes and said, hey, God, I need you to get me out of this. Amen. I don't know if you've ever been like that. I don't know if you're like Paul. He was chief of the sinners. But he met the Lord on the road of Damascus. And out in all of his iniquity, God touched him. And same with Manassas. And all of his iniquity, and all the things that he has done and he's created, all his rebellions against God. You would think, uh, uh, it's over with, I don't want to deal with you no more. You would think God would just push him aside and say, I don't, I don't, ha- I don't have to deal with you no more. You would, have, you would have to say many of us would do the same thing with somebody who was just constantly doing us wrong. We're, we're finally, we're just, <laughs> you need to step aside, I don't want to be around you no more. But God heard his cry, God heard his plead, God heard his cry, and God restored him back to where he was. He restored him back to his kingdom, gave him on the throne, all because he humbled himself before God and repented. God gives him his kingdom back. God can give your life back. God, if you repent of the things that you're doing, God can give you your life back tonight. Amen? Look, looking at this man, Manasseh, it seems that forgetful is a proper name for him. We see a man that literally went to the world and then repented to God and found grace in the sight of God. Amen? That, that should cure, encourage every one of us tonight that when we do make a mistake, when we do get out of the will of God, we can be like Manasseh and we can, we can humble ourselves and repent to God. But there are some things I don't ever want to forget. I don't want to forget the, my walk with God tonight. I, I don't want to ever forget the grace of God tonight. I want to remember God when I'm tempted and, and, I, and I want to remember God when I fail into reproach of sin. I, I want to be humble like the king Manasseh was and pray like he did and repent and keep my fellowship with God where it needs to be. Don't forget to remember. Three things I'll give you and we'll go home tonight. Remember the pull of this world. There are powers that's working behind every scene of your life. Paul talked about the spiritual weaknesses in high places. This is just not Republicans against Democrats. This is not America against Russia or Israel against Hamas or white against black. This is a soul thing. This is a spiritual battle that we're in tonight. It's taking place in our, literally in our lives that we're sitting right here and weighing in the balance of the lives and souls of every one of us around here. The devil's not playing games tonight. The Bible said when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. He didn't say when you get older, keep acting like a child. He said, no, when I, he says, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away the childish things. I'm not a child anymore. 
God has called us to do something. We are in a battle tonight, and we think that God, we think that the devil is just playing games with him. He's playing for real. And can I say this? He's playing for keeps tonight. We had this idea that all this is nothing but fun and games. Amen. The devil's not playing, the world's not playing. Satan has a target on your back, whether you know it or not. We don't need. We do not need to forget the pull of this world to try. You know, they're trying to, different things. The world is trying different things to try to get churches to close down. Stop mentioning the name of Christ. They don't mind if you say the name of God, but as soon as you start putting Christ in it, they really have a problem with you. They they don't want you to be open no more. They got churches now where they ain't open on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. They want churches, and the more they see of that, the more they win. When the world sees the churches are no longer opening the door, the world sees the churches no longer inviting people in. The, church, the world is winning. But can I say, we're going to stand on what God says. We're going to stand on His words, and we're going to open the door and invite people to come in. Amen. The devil may be playing games, but you know what? My God is greater than him. We we saw the saw how the world pulled Manassas away from what he what he knew what he knew his father he knew Isaiah and the world pulled him away. I, like I said, I think there were some people in his ear saying, "Well, if you go this way, you're going to be very popular." We have that in our society today. Everybody wants to be popular. Amen. Everybody wants to be liked. Amen. Everybody wants a church with twelve thousand people in it. Amen. I don't. I don't. <laughs> but that, that's the way the world is. Well, if you just, just just come over here, you can do whatever you want to do. Live how do you want to do. Whatever you want to do, you can be all right. Just come right here. Yeah. See, if you go over there, they're going to tell you, you know, you can't live in sin. You can't drink. can't do this. can't do that. They're, over there, they're going to tell you there's restriction over here. Over here, there's freedom. See, they got that backwards. It's backwards. Over here is restrictions, but over here is freedom. Amen. The word of God shall set you free, and whom God has set free is free indeed. But over here there's restrictions. Because you've got to live the way they want you to live. Mm, 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 mm. Bible said he made false idols. He caused his children to pass through the fire. Then he set up worship of the host of heavens. And all he was doing is make sure he covered every God that there was. Said he didn't miss him. He's saying, I'm going to worship all gods because I don't know who the true God is. See, that's a problem with the world today. We got a lot of people worshiping a lot of false gods in this world because they don't know who the true God is. They'll worship this, they'll worship that, you know. There ain't but one true God. Jesus, I am the way, I'm the door, and the light. There ain't but one way. But in this world, we got everybody's got their way. That's the way I want to get to heaven. The Bible says that Jesus is the only way to heaven, but everybody wants to make up their own ways to get in where God says you can't do it unless you come through Jesus. So he was, he was trying to cover these bases on every God that he could think of. And that tells me somebody had to be in his ear Say, well, you need to worship Baal. You need to worship the idol over here. You need to build an idol over here. And that's what we're doing today. That's what society is doing today. 
you, sports figures. I've never seen people put sports figures on a pedestal and worship them. Movie stars. His way of life cost him everything. It cost him his children. It cost him his kingdom. It cost him his people. You're looking at a man in the scriptures that lost everything to the world. He, the world didn't come and take his children. He was the one that gave his children to the world. He would not hear the warnings of God. He would be carried him to a place that he never intended to go to. That will happen today if you let sin, if you flirt with sin long enough, you let it reign in your life, you build a relationship with sin, it will begin to own you, and it will take you to a place that you never thought you'll ever wind up in. Sin can do that. Listen, the best gods of this world, the best that could offer, offer you was nothing but captivity. All it offered him was captivity. It's all he could get into. But the best world could offer the, the young, like the young prodigal son in the pig pen. The best they could offer him was a pig pen. Everything looked wonderful in that world. Everything looked great over there. Those that rise up in stardom, especially on this social media and TikTok and all these stuff, they rise up with millions and millions of followers. There is a price to be paid for those things. So what happened when he found himself in this condition? It's the same thing that when he found himself in that condition, the same way we need to find when we find ourselves in that condition. He humbled himself and besought the Lord. The Bible said pride goes before destruction and halt the spirit before the fall. The sin of pride and the sin of rebellion. In our pride, we think we can stand on our own two feet. In our pride, we don't think we need the, the Word of God. In our pride, we don't think we have to listen to the uh, prompting of the Holy Ghost in our life. In our pride, we can shut our ears off to the teaching of the Word of God and the preaching of the Word of God. We make the people of God our enemy because of our pride. And we wind up going further than we ever intended to go. Remember, there is a pull in this world tonight. And if you listen to it, it will pull you away from God. Also, remember the practicality of our walk. Verse number 13. And he prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication. And brought him again to Jerusalem into the kingdom that Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Here, Manasseh repents. He humbles himself. And the Bible said that God honored the prayer and honor in his repentance. God brings him back to the kingdom. Sets him back on the throne. Now Manasseh has a desire in his heart. For what? Now, we know he, he went that way. And I, I find that I find this in a lot of times when we get ourselves in a situation so bad that we humble ourselves and call on the name of the Lord, 
God sees us, He hears us, and He brings us out of that condition and brings us out of that situation we put in there. As soon as everything gets clear, we go right back to where we were. So what's, what was Manasseh? What's his problem? He, we know how he was from the time he was 12 until he got captivity. And then we see him go to the Lord, humble himself in prayer, repented, and God established him. So what's next in his life? God has done his part. But there are some things that has to happen to ensure Manasseh will never go back to Babylon. Things need to be put in place. Rebellion and, and, and falling in sin never happens again. Same thing we need to do. When God delivers us out of our situation, we got to make sure that we don't get back in that situation. So what do we got to do in order to not go back to that situation? He took the blessings of God, the Word of God, and make them the practical in his life. He practiced them. The work of Calvary is finished. But there is a walk upon us that we have to walk circumspectly in the world. We have to pay attention to where we go, heed to the word of God, listen to the calling of the Holy Ghost. What he did, he done some things that we need to do. He came back and he starts a restoration. He had, a, he had a true reform. He had a true revival. He changed his heart, and the results of a changed heart changed his life. There's the signs of changes that he had in his life. Verse 14, now he built up walls without the city of David. Can I say that every time that you find yourself in a situation and God delivers you out of that situation, well, you need to start building the wall there. Why are you going to build a wall so that I don't go back over there. <laughs> there. There needs to be a wall built up to keep you from going back in that what God has delivered you out. So Manasseh began to build walls. He, he began to set boundaries. I believe every Christian in here ought to have boundaries. Amen. Every Christian in here needs to have boundaries. You need to set boundaries in your life. Now your boundaries may not be the same as my boundaries. Your temptation is not the same as my temptation. But you know where you can make a mistake at and you know where you can fall into sin. That You need to put boundaries there. I can't go there because I know if I go, I know what's going to happen. Amen. I know what's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind. I know what's going to happen there. So I set boundaries in that I cannot go over there. And we need to. And let me say this. I know Christians don't like to hear this. But you need to have some accountability in your life. Amen. I, 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 truly, I, I thank God for when I started out, there were some old preachers that I could look at, that I could call up. I could call up and question things, and they wouldn't laugh at me. They would just pray with me. So let me help you out right now. I'm glad that we have some people that we can call on that help us out. You need, you need some boundaries, and you need some buddies in this thing. Amen. We need that. Need to set some standards. Amen. Set a standard. I find that churches that drop their standards have no boundaries, have not put up walls against sin, 
It's no longer a church. It's just a great old big social club. Amen. That's all it is. Great old big social club. You got to have boundaries. You got to have standards. You got to have. You have have to have accountability in your life. You need to find somebody that you can be accountable. I'm not. Te- I'm not telling you you have to tell somebody everything in your life, what you've done in your life between you and God. But you need some accountability. I I, I need somebody. I can call and say, brother, you know, I'm I'm struggling with this. I need some help. They're going to pray for you. But we need to have accountability in our lives. And the only way, the only way you're going to make it through this is have accountability. Set some standards, build a wall, and have some boundaries. He began to build the walls. He set some standards in his life. He, he's trying to make sure he doesn't go back to where he was. We need to make sure that we listen to the prompting of the Holy Ghost in our lives. It will be a good day in our lives when we decide to do what God tells us to do. Can I say this? God's dealing you about something. Stop fighting and just doing it. You're going to come out a lot better. I know. I, I know for sure. I fought it. I've been a lot better since I said, all right, Lord, here I am. Like I said, and he had some friends that could call on. He put people in his life that he, he could count on. They, they had won victories. You know what? You need some people in your life that has won victories in this world, in this fight that we're in. You need them around you that's won victories. They can tell you how they're going to win the victories. You need them. So remember the pull of the world. Remember the practicality of our walk with God, but also remember the priority of God's worship. Verse 15. And took away the strange gods and the idols out of the house of the Lord and all the altar that he had built in the mount of house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast him out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereupon peace offering and thanks offering and commanded Judah to serve Lord God of Israel. Manasseh did not forsake his worship. He did not forsake his giving to God. He kept God in the proper place in his life. Listen, we, we've got to live a separate life of this world. We've got to be separated from this world. You're not strong enough to worship on your own. You're not strong enough to walk in this world on your own. You're not strong enough to do anything. In it. You're not strong enough to walk right in this world. You need something that's going to help you. And the only way you're going to get that is be separated from this world and put God in his proper place in your life tonight. It's the only way you're going to make it. But if we separate ourselves and put God in the proper place of our lives, and we maintain our worship, everything else is going to fall into place. He received his kingdom back. He received his throne back, and his people came back. He said he made a peace offering, a thanks offering. You know, it was a sacrifice that brought man back to the table of God. Back to the fellowship of God. And it was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Simply the cross brought us back to the fellowship of God. Because we are saved and right with God, we have that fellowship with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. Don't ever forget what God has done for you. 
we have been in this road. I've been down this road for a long time. And sometimes I just sit around and just say, Lord, I don't know how I got here, but I know I got here because of him. It's not me. And we can remember that he is the reason why we're here. He's the reason why we do all that we do. We're going to get through this. Amen.